And once again, you have found yourself at the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about this GameStop thing. Have you seen that? I'll try to explain it in layman's terms because that's how I understand it. I mean, it's an amazing story and there's a couple of twists to this story as well. But I'm also going to talk about the Biden administration and it involves the GameStop story. So I'll add that in. We'll talk about that. But we're getting a clear picture of what the Biden administration is going to be about. It's going to be about fear and executive orders governing through executive orders. So let's get started. All right, so Biden, he once said, by the way, that, uh, well, let me, let me use his quotes. These are from the Western Journal, and the headline is, Ironic Biden quote surfaces as he shatters records for most executive orders in first week. Here's his quote. Uh, That's why, you know, the one thing that I, I have this strange notion, Biden said at a town hall event in Philadelphia, we are a democracy. Some of my Republican friends and some of my Democratic friends even occasionally say, well, if you can't get the votes by executive order, you're going to do something, things you can't do by executive order unless you're a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. So that was Joe Biden uh, a while ago. And what is Joe Biden today? Well, Biden signs executive order banning the term China virus. So far, by my count, I think Biden has signed about 35 executive orders. 35. Now, put that into context, I think in the first week, Trump signed five, uh, Obama signed eight, and George W. Bush signed one. But Biden, he's on a tear. And did you see that video where he couldn't find the pocket to put his pen in when he was signing some executive orders at a little bitty desk, a little bitty desk, a little bitty, a little bitty oval oval office desk. I I mean, I don't even know where they were, but if I'm not going to play the video, but if you watch the video, he couldn't figure out how to put his pen in, you know, that little pocket you have in a suit jacket that holds a pen. And he was sitting there fumbling, trying to put that in there, trying to put that in there. He put his finger in there. He laughed. He mumbled. Then he put the pen in his pocket. This is what we have as, as, a, as a president of the United States. He's not leading America. I have no idea. And you have no idea. And all the pundits that tell you they have an idea of who is actually running our nation, we don't know. We simply do. What we do know it's not Joe Biden. It's not. What we have is we have probably, and again, we have to, we have to kind of take guesses because we don't know, a committee of far-left radicals behind Biden saying, let's do this. So they've shoved all these executive orders in front of him, uh, like one of them chanting the, uh, banning the use of the phrase China virus. Now, again, he can't ban it outright. Don't get don't get wrong about don't get anybody don't let anybody think otherwise tell you otherwise that we can no longer as an American use the term China virus absolutely China virus China virus China virus Kung flu virus Kung fu virus it came from the Wuhan virus I mean we can say that till we're blue in the face but what he banned the ban does is a report notes that the Biden executive order is also expected to direct federal agencies like the Department of Health and Human Resources to examine whether there are xenophobic references like China virus in any existing policies, directives, or government websites published by the Trump administration. In other words, they will wash the China virus 
words, China virus, from any policy out there that Trump already put on. And moving forward, nothing will say China virus from any official government document. So here he is signing executive order through fiat like crazy, 35 already, who knows how many more. In fact, there was one video where he signed his executive order and he didn't even know what he was signing. He actually said, I don't know what I'm signing here. That is our administration. Now, why is that scary? Well, you know why it's scary. We all know why it's scary. If Biden's not making the decisions, if Biden is not in charge, then that means this committee of far left radicals behind them are literally putting these executive orders in front of him and he's just signing them willy nilly. He doesn't know what's in them. So who is running our country? Some say it's Susan Rice. I don't know. Nobody knows. That's the scary part. Nobody knows who is pulling the strings. Some say China. Some say Russia. I mean, some say Iran. We have zero idea. What we do know, it's not Biden. It's not Biden. That is without a doubt that we know the man who is a president of the United States of America is not making decisions for America. That's why we elect presidents. But here we are. We have a man in the Oval Office who doesn't have his faculties about him. He has, in my opinion, onset dementia or Alzheimer's, whatever it is, but the man is not all there. So this is what we have. So what, what does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? What does that mean for America? Buckle up, people. Gird your loins. We are in for a wild, wild ride. Now, how do we know what's going to happen? Well, I've got some tells here that are going on right now that tell you where this administration is going and what this administration is going to be about. The first thing, this is from Citizens Free Press. Court packing, here we come, is the headline. Uh, Joe Biden has quietly, now again, when I say Joe Biden, I mean his committee of far radical leftists behind him. Uh, Joe Biden's, and I'll add in the words, committee of far radical, radical leftists behind him, those are my words, not in the article, has quietly launched a commission on reforming the Supreme Court, potentially dropping a partisan bomb onto Congress at the same time he's pleading for unity and healing political reports that it will supposedly be bipartisan, but there's only one, only party demand, there's only one party demanding changes to the top court's structure. Republicans will fight tooth and nail to stop any such bill from passing. Uh, it might come down to a filibuster fight in which Joe Manchin might finally have to decide whether he's going to represent West Virginia or Chuck Schumer, this kind of radical overreach will definitely get voters' attentions in the midterm. So what Joe Biden and his far-left radical committee has done is put together a commission of reforming the Supreme Court. Um, I hate to tell you how this is going to work out because uh, we all know how this is going to work out. This committee is going to come back with a recommendation that they're going to add more justices to the Supreme Court. They won't call it court packing, but that's what it is. So let me go through court packing here real quick and explain why it failed in the past, because yes, it was tried in the past, and how it could potentially fail this time. And we hope, we pray, we pray to God it'll fail, because if, if it happens, you, the country we know now is gone. So a little background on this and why this is so important. Why the left is still so unhappy with the election? Because they 
they may have won the White House and they may have won the Senate uh, and they may have won it through fraudulent means. I say may have, so I'm not saying outright because there's a lot of evidence that points to fraud. Period. End of story. But we won't get into that. Let's just keep talking about this topic. So they got the White House. They got the Senate. They got both houses of Congress now. What they didn't get in this election, and I've mentioned this quite a bit, is they did not get the state legislatures. They wanted the state legislatures in the worst way. They wanted a couple more governorships because they need two-thirds of a majority to amend the Constitution of the United States. They also need two-thirds of a majority in the Senate to amend the Constitution of the United States. They don't have that. So in order for them to get what they want, which is ultimate power, you know, let's say the Second Amendment, they want to get rid of the Second Amendment, but they can't. They just can't. They don't have two thirds. So here's what the Democrats are doing. They're laying the groundwork for all of this. If they stack the Supreme Court, because right now the Supreme Court is a solid five, four, five conservative, four leftists, uh, liberal, whatever you want to say. Now, I, um, I used to say it's a squishy 6-3, but it's not a squishy 6-3. Roberts, in my opinion, has gone all over to the left. So let's just say we got a 5-4 court in favor of the Constitution, a constitutionalist court. And that means that the laws will be interpreted based on that 5-4 spread. The five, being the conservative justices or the constitutional justices, will vote in favor of the Constitution. Yay for us. Yay, America. A safety net. A firewall, if you will. We have the Constitution of the United States of America as our firewall. It is the Supreme Court, or it is the supreme law of the land. And this is the only thing that will protect us from the far-left radical agenda. So how does the left get by that? Well, they stack the court. So they do this commission, and the commission says, we believe that in order for it to be a fair court, you watch them use words like fair, a fair court, and a fair process, we recommend four more justices. So they've got nine justices. They add four justices. Now we've got 13. We keep it in an odd number. You know, because you don't want to even split. You want an odd number. So now that 5-4 becomes a 5-8. So even if they just add two more justices, that 5-4 becomes a 5-6. So let's say they start small. They add two justices. Now there's 11 justices on the Supreme Court. This is not unprecedented. This has happened. We have had 11 justices on the Supreme Court in the past. Then, you know, for the last 100 years, I think 120 years, we've settled on the nine justices. That's been the current precedent, but it's happened before. So we'll have nine justices or 11 justices. Let's say they just add two. If they just add two, now we go from a 5-4 to a 6-5. That's all they need. But the left, they realize when they try to go just a little bit and they fall short, they really, really hate it. They did it in Obama's term. His, his first two years, they had both houses of Congress and the presidency, and they hesitated. It would not surprise me if they came back and wanted to add four justices. This way, it solidifies their ideology on the Supreme Court of the United States because uh, a 6-4 court has a chance for a couple people to, you know, vote the other way. They can't have that, but it's a lot harder to do when you've got a 8-5 court. So uh, if you've got an 8-5 court, almost every time the left wins. Now, why do they want this? 
They want this so they can interpret the law however they want. Now, I know some of you may be saying, you may not have heard me say this on the show before. You may be saying, oh, listen, either judges, they're Supreme Court judges that still interpret the Constitution. Go look at your history. Look at the judges that the left has put on as judges, and every one of them has followed the left's ideology. They have been consistent. Look at the right and all of the judges the right has put on. They have not followed the right's ideology consistently. They have, they have followed the Constitution. Uh, Republican presidents put judges on the Supreme Court that are constitutionalist. Democrat presidents put justices on the Supreme Court that follow their ideology. So if you don't think that's going to happen, it's happening now. That's what this commission. So this gives you insight for the Biden administration. Now let's move forward to the stimulus package. Uh, this from foxbusiness.com. Here's the headline. Fewer American households should receive $1,400 checks. Now remember, the left said vote for Biden, or, or let, let's just use actually Georgia's example. They went around here in Georgia, the state of Georgia, said vote for the Democrat candidate so you can get your $2,000 stimulus check. They actually said that. They, they, they ran around the state saying vote for the Democrat candidates for the Senate and you'll get your $2,000 stimulus check. Well, what they didn't tell people was it wasn't $2,000 at the time. It was $1,400 because you already got $600. So they didn't say that. They pretty much, I don't want to say lied, but they, they twisted the truth to get people to vote for the Democrat candidates. Well, it worked. You know, that and Dominion, I guess. You know, Dominion was just a voting system, please. It's just a voting. Don't, don't, you know, you know, don't sue me, bro. But anyway, so, so you got that, and now all of a sudden – Again, the headline, fewer American households should receive $1,400 checks. So President Biden this week indicated he is open to negotiating the terms for an additional round of direct payments to American households. Uh, and a new study suggests that lowering the cutoff threat threshold may be economically prudent. An analysis conducted by nonpartisan nonprofit Opportunity Insights of the most recent round of direct payments found that households earning more than $78,000 uh, and singles earning more than $50,000 are likely to spend just $45 of the $600 check over the first month. Uh, scale up to $1,400 payments. Researchers say that these households are likely to spend just $105 of those checks, thereby implying that the $200 billion of additional government expenditure will lead to only $15 billion of additional spending. So, so basically what they're saying now is I can give you all this $1,400 additional, but some of you aren't going to spend it. You're not going to put it back into the economy, and that's the, the purpose. So we've changed the rules, and not everybody's going to get your, the $1,400 check. Some of you are. If you're not making much money, you're going to get your $1,400 check. If you're on welfare, obviously, you're going to get your $1,400 check. If you're unemployed, not making any income, you're going to get it. But if you're making a little bit of money, yeah, I know we told you we were going to give it to you, um, but we're not. Uh, so this is what Biden had to say. Uh, for example, you know, I propose that we, because it was bipartisan, I thought it would increase the prospects of passage, the additional $1,400 in direct cash payments to folks, Biden said. Well, there's legitimate reasons for people to say, do you have the lines drawn the exact right way? Should it go to anybody making over X number of dollars or Y? I'm open to negotiate those things, Biden said. Biden added that he picked the terms because he thought them to be rational and reasonable while adding it was still a bit of a moving target. Biden didn't do any of this. 
That $2,000 was already a lot. President Trump, yes, leftist, President Trump. President Trump said $2,000. I want $2,000 sent out to everybody. So the, Trump agreed to the first initial round of $600 to be sent out with the $1,400 to be sent out later on. And now Biden is coming back here. I picked $1,400 because I thought it was the right number. He didn't pick anything. He didn't do anything other than move the goalpost. He, total, total liar. Joe Biden is. He had nothing to do with this $2,000 number. He had nothing to do with the $1,400 number. Now he's leading from behind, meaning he was way behind us. He's running to the front saying, follow me to your $1,400, but not you. You make too much money and you probably won't vote for me anyway. Not that it matters because dominion. Anyway, that gives you some insight on the Biden administration. So we've got uh, executive orders. You know, they're going to lead through fiat, executive orders, stack in the court, redefining terms that are already set to make it look like I'm the hero, the Robin Hood. And then this. Now this should send a chill up your spine. A social media influencer charged with election interference stemming from voter disinformation campaign. So this guy, uh, was it Douglas Mackey? a.k.a. Ricky Vaughn, 31 of West Palm Beach, was charged by criminal complaint in the Eastern District of New York. He was taken into custody yesterday morning in Palm Beach and made his initial appearance before the U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce E. Reinhardt of the Southern District of Florida. Uh, it said, defendant unlawfully used social media to deprive individuals of their right to vote. So what did Mackey do? In 2016, <clears throat> He posted a meme on his Twitter account of 58,000 followers. And the meme basically said, text to this number your vote for Hillary Clinton. So the meme basically said, you can vote via text. So uh, text your vote for Hillary to this number. That's what he did. Now, he was outed in 2018. Now, to, to be fair, there were some tweets of his that people are accusing him of being anti-Semite and other things as well. He's been lumped into the white supremacist mold, which leads me to believe he's probably not a white supremacist because whenever they say they're a white supremacist, they're not. But it could be. I don't know. But what I do know is he was outed in 2018, and they knew about him since 2018. He sent this meme in 2016, and just the other day, in January of 2021, he was arrested for influencing the election of 2016 through a meme. That's your current Justice Department. They knew of this guy since 2018. Why didn't they arrest him then? Why wasn't he arrested in 2020? Why, why wasn't he arrested in 2018, 2019, 2020? Why now? Why now? Well, I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, why now? There's a new administration in town. And that administration is on a tear of totalitarianism. Now, remember, it's not Biden. Biden's just a figurehead. He's the empty suit. This administration is going to manage you, govern you through fear and through pressure and through force this guy should have never been arrested not for putting a meme out there i mean if you're dumb enough to think that you're going to text your vote for hillary clinton uh when no one ever talked about texting uh that being a viable voting method if you're dumb enough to do that you don't deserve to vote 
I'm sorry, you just don't. If you're dumb enough to believe a Twitter meme is how you're going to cast your vote for any candidate, you're just not smart enough to vote. So he was actually doing a service, in my opinion, but this is where we are in this country. This guy was arrested and, and charged for a meme he put out in 2016. Again, the government knew who he was. He was anonymous back in 2016, but they've known who he was since 2018 because he was outed in 2018. And, you know, to muddle that story up a little bit, he did an interview with somebody. He was working with some uh, outlet, and I guess that outlet got pissed at him and put his name out there, his real name. So the government has known who this anonymous person is, this Ricky Vaughn. And, of course, Twitter's since suspended it, so you can't go back and look at any of the tweets to see for yourself. But that's, this is giving you an insight of how this administration is going to govern. Now, look at this. Now this administration, uh, climate change is back. What are they doing about climate change? They gotta, remember, we've gone four years. We had four years of a reprieve of not, not thinking the sky was falling. No chicken little telling me that the sky is falling. Climate change is going to destroy us. It's the biggest threat in the world, but it's back. Climate change is back, and they put none other, they being the committee of leftist radicals behind Joe Biden, none other than John Kerry in charge. He's a climate czar. We have czars now, ladies and gentlemen. We have czars in the United States. And John Kerry, a.k.a. Lurch, a.k.a. Mr. Heinz, is in charge of climate change. Now, you want to hear how they're going to manage this? You want to hear what this, this clip is the epitome of what you're going to hear for the next four years and how and and what you're going to hear from this administration remember you can't say china virus anymore uh you're going to be held accountable for memes from 2016 if they had anything to do with the election or probably other things uh you know everything's going to be through executive order and fear everything's going to be done fear listen to lurch here it costs a lot more. There are countless economic analyses now that show that it is now cheaper to deal with the crisis of climate than it is to ignore it. We spent $265 billion two years ago on three, three storms, Irma, Harvey, and Maria. Maria destroyed Puerto Rico. Harvey dropped more water on Houston in five days than goes over Niagara Falls in a year. And Irma had the first recorded winds at 185 miles an hour for 24 sustained hours. That last year, we had one storm, $55 billion. So we're spending the money, folks. We're just not doing it smart. We're not doing it in the way that would actually sustain us for the long term. So this is uh, critical. We're, we're, the goal of the Paris Agreement was to hold the Earth's temperature increase to 2 degrees centigrade. Even if you did everything that was in Paris, we're going up to 3.7 or 4. That's catastrophic. What President Biden is trying to do is listen to science, listen to facts, and make tough decisions about what we need to do to take the world to a better place, and particularly our own country. And that is what he is committed to doing. So, yes, there are a lot of uh, challenges right now, which sadly, all of them, were exacerbated by the last four years. So we, we spend all this money after a storm hits. A hurricane hits. Of course, it costs 
tons of money to fix, right? So this, this guy, what he just told you was, we're going to spend the money ahead of time. We're going to spend this trillion dollars, trillion dollars, we have that money, right, to prevent the hurricanes from happening. What happens if hurricanes come? How do you prevent a hurricane? What does he think? They actually believe if you can lower the Earth's temperature by 2%, that this will all go away, that we won. Climate change is done. Woo! 2%. Now, um, so we got to spend all this money to the, the climate accord. So all this money, because this last administration exasperated. So now we got to spend so much more money because the Trump administration did nothing to prevent hurricanes from happening. You, you plebe, you rube. I mean, if you're watching the video, you see the total contempt in his face. If you're listening to it, you heard it in his voice. You are a plebe. You are a moron if you don't believe in climate change. Okay. I believe in climate change. Absolutely. Any, anybody who doesn't believe in climate change, well, they're a leftist because they don't understand what climate change is. Remember they used to call it global warming? He said he wanted to lower the Earth's temperature by 2%. So you don't call it global warming anymore. You call it climate change. Why? Because the Earth was cooling. So you can't call it global warming and, and fear monger people when the Earth starts cooling. So you call it climate change. Ladies and gentlemen, climate change happens every day. The temperature outside of my house right now is more than it was yesterday because yesterday it was raining and is dry today. So it was raining yesterday. There, it's climate change. If we did not have climate change in the world, uh, there'd be a lot of foods that would never exist. In fact, potentially we could starve if the climate was the same all year round. Now, yeah, I know people are saying climate's not weather, weather's not climate. Climate change is a stupid, uh, moronic philosophy idea. It's dumb. Anyone who says, you, climate change, climate change, it's fear-mongering. That's all it is. It's fear-mongering to tax you more because this catastrophe that is climate change is going to kill everybody. You idiot. You know how much money you spent on hurricanes after the fact? Well, we're the smart ones. We're going to spend that money ahead of time. Does that make sense? And, and how much money, Lurch? How much? How much? How much? We can expect this to be happening for the next four years. And God help us that it's only going to be four years. This administration is already showing that they're, and again, when I say this administration, I mean the committee of leftist radicals that are actually making the decisions behind. Now, you know what's crazy about that? It was scary. Is have you guys ever dealt with committees? Committees are awful. They they potentially they muck up the things because no one can agree on everything, right? You get a group of people together and to get them all to agree on one thing, it's like an exercise in futility. So we got this committee of leftists behind an empty suit president who doesn't even know what room he's in half the time, and they all want their bite at the apple of this leftist utopia. So somebody's going to get this, somebody's going to get that, and Lurch over here, he's the climate czar. So in these meetings, you know when Lurch goes in, he goes, we've got to do this. If we, I need another $700 billion tomorrow, and I'll need another $850 billion next week to offset climate change. Uh, what are you doing with that money? Well, I've got to go to Paris. There's a lovely, lovely cafe uh, that my wife and I used to go to. I can't wait to go see it again. And then I went off to uh, Japan uh, because, oh, have you had, uh, you have not uh, 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 had sushi until you've had sushi in Japan. And then I'll be heading off to China, Shanghai, uh, in my jet all over the place. I need to globetrot all over the world 
to fight climate change in my fuel-consuming jet because Elon Musk is a failure and hasn't created an electric jet yet. Anyway, that's what it is. It's, it's all bullshit, and it's happening. It's happening right now. They're, going to, they're, they're, they're managing through executive orders. They're governing through executive orders. They're going to put the fear of climate change back into the world, into the United States. You're going to have to spend this money because otherwise you're, um, you're going to die. You're going to die. That's it. You're just going to die. Climate change is going to kill you. It's a beautiful day outside. You're going to die. It's 70 degrees. You're going to die. If the sun is out, I'm really liking this weather. You're going to die. Unless, of course, you give us tons and tons of monies and buy a car you can't afford and uh, uh, your gas is going to go up and all your electric bills. Everything's going to go up. But don't worry. We got this. We're, we're Democrats. We're going to save you. So, but what if people talk back? Oh, I can't have that. Here's from Gateway Pundit. No, this is the headline. No more hard question. Biden team considers banning conservative media from press briefings. <laughs> there you go. In other words, they're going to ban Steve Ducey from the press briefings because that's pretty much the only conservative media that has had a voice in the last couple of days. So there you go. In January 2017, the Gateway Pundit announced we'd be, represent, we'd be represented in the Trump White House with a reporter at the Daily Briefings. The liberals did not take the news well, and our reporter, Lucian Wintrich, was attacked nearly every day he set foot into the press room. Lucian was even accosted and harassed at one point by the vicious reporter activists in the room. Uh, and they go on to talk about Biden. The Biden regime is not taking any chances with conflict confrontations by real reporters. Uh, earlier this week, Biden's deputy press secretary announced that conspiracy organizations will no longer be allowed in the White House. By that, he means conservative outlets. So if they uh, are deemed a conspiracy organization, uh, they won't be on there. So all they're going to do is just deem them conspiracy organizations. It's that simple. It's that simple. This is the Biden White House. Oh, but there's more. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. Now, the Biden, the, the Biden, honestly, Biden, the, the Democrats have the media in their pocket, period. End of story. We all know this. We all know this. Um, so mask mandate was, you know, Biden and his 100-day mask mandate. That's not enough. Now they're talking about two masks. Actually, they're talking about three masks. And the media just goes, boop, 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 oh, lap it up, lap it up. It's good stuff. Let's, let's, all, let's all help the Biden administration because we want to help the Biden administration, the media says, the mainstream media. So if the, the Biden comes out and says, uh, everybody should wear a mask, 100-day mask, well, why is one mask? Why not two masks? Why not three masks? So listen to this report from Contessa Brewer. Uh, what is it? CNBC, I believe. So uh, listen to this absolute, absolute nonsense. There, Chef. Yeah, the experts keep telling us that wearing masks is really about protecting ourselves, protecting others from ourselves in the event that we are contagious. But, you know, if other people aren't wearing their masks or they're wearing them improperly, we need to protect ourselves. So experts say you can double up with a tight weave fabric mask for added protection. Now, Virginia Tech researchers found that doubling up these cloth masks increases the efficacy from 50 to 75 percent. A three-layer mask could block up to 90% of the particles. There, Chef, yeah, the experts keep telling us that wearing masks is really about protecting our... Yes, so if one mask protects you 50% of the time, two protect you 75%, three, why not three? Because now that's going to protect you from 90% of whatever it is that's bad in the air that's going to make you sick. Of course, 
we still only have like uh, less than a tenth of a percent of the population that have died from COVID. And I think we have less than 4% of the population that's even been infected with COVID. But no, ladies and gentlemen, you must wear a mask. I think it was uh, conservative pundit Ben Shapiro said, why not just put a plastic bag over your head and use duct tape and tape it around your neck? And of course he did go on. There may be some uh, alt- um, what did he? How did he put it? Uh, there may be some uh, side effects that aren't good. So I mean, this is crazy. But this is the left and the media. And again, I repeat myself: they are in the tank for Biden, and they will continue to be in the tank for Biden. And this is what we can expect for the next four years. We're going to expect the media. Why not? Why not? Why not five masks? Why not a Brillo pad on your face? Why not just put a plastic bag over your head? People are doing it. We have a nation that they are putting into fear. If you look at everything I've rolled out so far, this administration is managing through fear. You've got to fear the coronavirus, fear climate change, fear the Department of Justice. You've got everything is about fear with the Democrats. The sky is falling because they can't get anyone else to vote for them other than making them afraid. They're afraid of the Trump administration. They're afraid of Trump supporters. We're already Satan soldiers. We've, we're already all white supremacists. It's all about fear and still fear in the populace. And you can control them. Isn't that scary? This is the Biden White House. This is his radical committee behind him, his far left radical committee. Is This is the only way that they could win. It's the only way they can get people to submit. Remember, people are driving around in their cars alone, windows up with a mask on, some with two masks. Now, watch, watch people wear three masks. People are already wearing two masks. Watch people alone in their car, windows up, wearing three masks. It's crazy. Listen, if you're so freaking afraid of the outside air coming into your car and bringing with it um, coronavirus, well, why don't you press that little button in your car that just circulates the air within your car? You'll be good. You know, there's an air filter, right? Madness, ladies and gentlemen. And, and now, now let's, let's start dipping our toe into what's going on with the GameStop thing. But first, let me show you a couple of clips. One is the um, Jen Psaki, the press secretary. Have you been watching her? This has got to be one of the worst press secretaries I have ever seen. I mean, and that's saying a lot. There's been some bad ones in all administrations. Uh, Kaylee McEnany was just absolutely amazing. And I mean, I loved her. I loved watching her. I, I was always amazed at how she had a command of just about every single topic. Very rarely did we see her be flustered by the press because the press are stupid. And I'm going to show you a clip that shows you just how stupid the press is after this clip. But this is the current press secretary for the Biden administration, also known as the Committee of Radical Leftists in the background. I can, I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you. I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back with you. I'm happy to circle back with you. I can circle back. Uh, I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. Oh, such an important question. Uh, we will circle back with you and we'll, we'll circle back with you. It's an interesting question, but uh, we'll, ha- we'll circle back. I'm happy to circle back, but I'll have to circle back with you on it. It's a good question, but we'll circle back with you on this today. We will certainly circle back with you more directly. Uh, I hate to disappoint you, but I will have to circle back with you on that as well. 
and they want to get rid of the conservative press? These are questions from the mainstream media, the liberal leftist press, and they want to get rid of the conservative press? They can't even answer questions from their press that adores them, that is helping them out. That is so typical. And there's another um, video out there, and I'm not going to play clips from that one, where it's going on and on about uh, with her saying, um, and it's like a minute and a half, almost two minute clip where she's like, um, 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 um. And it's like, this is the current White House press secretary. I don't, I don't know. I, I would sit here and it's easy for me to say she's not going to last long, but that's just not the case. She, she very well could last throughout the whole thing, but I, she looks flustered up there. This is a tough job for her, you can tell. Now, for us, for us on the other side, we get to watch this and go, this is awesome to watch. Because we, you know, do you want to see him fail? Yes, you do. I do. And uh, who's it got a hot water? I think it was Rush, uh, Rush Limbaugh in the Obama administration. It got a lot of hot water because he said he did want to see the Obama administration fail. Well, I would love for the Biden administration to fail. And I would love for them to fail miserably because if they succeed, they succeeded all their far left radical agendas. And that was Rush's point, by the way. So, yes. Do I want to see him fail? Absolutely. Do I want to see them just fall apart? Absolutely. They're what, a week in? Uh, uh, just a little over a week in, and they're already flailing all over the part? Oh, this is going to be, I'll tell you what, this is going to be fun. I've said it before, I'll say it again. This is going to be a cluster fun park of an administration. All right, well, let's get to the GameStop um, topic story. You probably heard about it already because I'm a couple of days out on this, but it's, it's, it's fascinating because it's, you know, I'm not a, a stockbroker. I, you know, I've got some mutual funds dabbled in. I understand the market, but this whole short selling thing, it can, can be a little bit complicated. So I'm going to try to uh, tell you the story and what's happening. And uh, this, it's a fascinating story. I encourage everybody to, to seek it out and read about this because it's a, it's a classic David and Goliath, but this administration is so stupid, they don't get it. Now, I, I'm not, I'll give them a little prop for this because it's complicated, but listen to the reporter in this clip. And a lot of people are focusing on um, Jen Psaki's performance and her answer to this. Uh, and I'm going to get to that answer too. Uh, but the reporter, listen to the reporter's question and what she says. Is the White House concerned about the stock market activity we're seeing around GameStop um, and now with some other stocks as well, uh, including the, the subsidiary or whatever, the, the company that was uh, Blockbuster? Um, and have there been any conversations with the F SEC about uh, how to proceed? Well, um, I'm also happy to repeat that we have the first female Treasury Secretary and a team that's surrounding her and often questions about market we'll send to them. But our team is, of course, our economic team, including Secretary Yellen and others, are monitoring uh, the situation. It's a good reminder, though, that the stock market isn't the only measure of the health of our, econo our economy. It doesn't reflect how working and middle class families are doing. Uh, as you all know from covering this, we're in the midst of a K-shaped recovery. America's workers are struggling to make ends meet, which is why the president has introduced this urgent package to get immediate relief to families. All right, I'm going to go. Uh, first off, Saki is completely clueless, clueless. She has no idea what, what the reporter was asking. But did you hear the reporter? She couldn't say the word subsidiary. She couldn't say the word subsidiary. And, and, and then she finally just said, you know, the, the company that Blockbuster used to be. Well, apparently Blockbuster still trades. I had no idea. Blockbuster still has a stock that trades. It's Blockbuster Liquidator or some Blockbuster liquidation stock of some sort. It was penny stock trading for like four cents. 
Now, if, if you're not in the know, I spent 10 years working for Blockbuster in its heyday, and even I didn't know that they had a stock. But here's what's going on. So I'm going to try to explain this in layman's terms, but what's going on with the GameStop thing. Now, before I do that, one is the government shouldn't get involved. And the government, if the government should get involved here, it should be on a different level than the White House. The White House should have nothing to do with this. This is, this is stock. This is trading stock. And what is happening right now is legal on both sides. So the government should have no role. What, I don't care what the Biden White House says. I wouldn't care what the Trump White House said. Uh, this is, these are people putting their risk into the stock market. These are people playing games in the stock market. There are winners and losers. And government should absolutely stay out of it. And this reporter is too stupid to even say the word subsidiary. She shouldn't even be asking these questions. That's how stupid she is. If she can't even say a word and doesn't understand the topic at all. So let me give you a background on the story. Try to explain it in a layman's term because, you know, it's not an easy story. So GameStop stock is through the roof. Now, if you're a gamer, you know who GameStop is if you're not a gamer you know they're a retail outlet brick and mortar stores and they're obsolete gamestop right now because gamers basically the, the, the real gamers are all doing this online you know with gamestop you can go buy sell trade your product and it's been hanging on by a thread for years i'm actually surprised it's hung on this while it's one of those retail brands that will go the way and that is going and was going the way of blockbuster so the market knows this the market you know these these um stock traders who are well connected and they know what's going on in the marketplace. They know this is an obsolete model as far as a business model. It, it is. So this hedge fund, and I won't say the name because I don't want to get caught up in any of their nonsense, but let's say it's hedge fund shortstoppers. Okay. So this shortstopper hedge fund, uh, or stock shorter, let's say that. We'll, we'll call them short stoppers because I said that first. So uh, store, hedge fund short stopper steps in and they go to you know people that have game stock and they're all doing this through institutions and say, I'm going to short the stock. And what the shorting the stock is, and again, I'm going to do this in as many layman terms as I can to kind of explain what's going on with GameStop. It's fascinating. It really is. Uh, they they hedge their bets that the stock's going to fail. That's why they're called hedge funds. So they they borrow, and I didn't know this until this story came out. So a lot of us are getting an education on this. Is they bought they they pay like a dollar to borrow the stock to from the guy or girl who owns the stock, and they say, listen, if it goes up, you're going to get more money. If it goes down, sorry, you're going to lose. But I got you know I paid you a dollar. So let's say the stock's trading for 20 bucks. I give you a dollar to hold, to borrow your stock. So you've got a dollar for this worthless stock, you know, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm going to bet against the stock. I'm going to bet that the stock drops to $10 because if the stock drops to $10 minus the dollar I put in, I make $9. So I do that. I buy, I borrow millions of shares of this stock. Then I get on TV or I get online. I do, I go to publications. I say, ah, oh, GameStop obsolete, going to fail. I can see them dropping to $10. And I say this because I want them to drop to $10 because I'm going to make nine bucks a share because I'm shorting the stock. So the person who owns the stock is going to lose, but they get a little bit of money because I gave them a dollar. Maybe I gave them $2. Who knows? So now, and again, I may be getting some of this wrong. So I apologize in advance. I'm not saying I'm an expert on this. This is my layman's term on this. So I'm going to short this stock. So I get on the, I get, I put myself out in the media. I start talking bad. I start talking bad about the stock to short the stock. Should be wrong, right? Should be illegal. It's not. 
It's perfectly legal. That's what hedge funds have been making billions doing. And they do. They make billions. It's a billion-dollar hedge fund. So a short stopper hedge fund buy, borrows these stocks to bet against it. Well, apparently, there's these gamers on Reddit, and there's also a stock platform, a stock trader on Reddit that caught wind of this on Reddit. I mean, I don't know if you've been on Reddit. I don't use Reddit too much. It's, it's, it's a hodgepodge, it seems, and it's not difficult. It's not easy to navigate. But anyway, there's all these gamers on Reddit, and they're like going, holy crap, man. I love GameStop because I'm a gamer. It speaks to my language. So this little stock portfolio, this little stock trading thing says, hey, look at this. This guy over here is talking bad about this stock. We can reverse this. Well, what do you mean? Well, if we buy the stock at, uh, at its current price, we can get people interested in buying the stock. So that's what they did. They started buying the stock. The next thing you know, the market caught wind of it. And the stock starts shooting up. So now these hedge fund managers are going, holy crap, I'm about to lose my shirt here. These idiots, because that's what they're calling. They think they're idiots. These plebs on uh, Reddit think they know what they're doing. They don't. They're messing with my, my plan, how I manipulate stock. So I'm going to short it again. So they shorted it again. And the, and the Reddit user said, screw you guys, we're going to buy again. So they bought more. So then the market saw this and other people bought more. And then the, from what I understand, the short stop, short, the stock shorters wanted, they're like, holy crap, I'm losing my ass here. And again, some shorted it again and they lost. And the stock now is trading over $350. And the hedge funds have got out, apparently have lost $26 billion on GameStop which now is trading as I record this, and I don't know if it's dropped already, at $350 a share from like $20 a share just a few days ago. Uh, I heard a story, I read a story where one, one guy took his life savings of $50,000, pumped it into this, and now has made $14 million. So if you think you're going to get in on this, I, I wouldn't because the, this is one of those momentum waves that it comes and it goes really quick. But the Reddit users outsmarted the billion dollar hedge fund managers and the billion dollar hedge fund managers there may be a few from what i read one in particular that may go bankrupt over this this is called market forces you play you put the rules out and then somebody figures out the rules and plays your game against you and you lose tough government has nothing to do with this so now the hedge fund managers and all that they want the government to step in and stop the trading of GameStop. So because they lost, they now want government to come in. And by the way, it's gone up even more. Uh, GameStop, as I, I'm checking it right now, $403 a share. So it keeps happening because the hedge fund managers, they're trying to hedge their bets even more to avoid losing all this money because they've lost a ton of money. Now, at the end of the day, GameStop, is worthless company. I mean, I, I, I don't mean that in any nefarious way or without all due respect, but it is an antiquated business model. Hey, I worked for Blockbuster for 10 years. I wish they were still around. I would love to have a video store that had the selection Blockbuster had. Maybe, maybe this is a reset because if you look at your selection, what you can in movies right now online, it's not as good as it was when you had a 10,000 square foot blockbuster store with over 10,000 movies in it. I was there. I know. There are several movies you, if you wanted to watch right now, you couldn't just walk into a store and rent them for $3. You got to buy them outright for like $15, $25.
the our choices are much less than they were when these brick and mortar stores were there maybe just maybe and this is way wishful thinking on my part maybe this will change something and brings maybe this has an effect on brick and mortar but this is an amazing story so the brilliant hedge fund managers sitting in their ivory towers just lost billions to reddit users and say i'm shedding a tear here folks can't do it now where does blockbuster come into this why did that um idiot reporter bring up blockbuster the one who could not say the word subsidiary well the same thing has happened to blockbuster apparently there's a blockbuster stock out there blockbuster liquidators and it was traded at like four cents and all of a sudden the same things happen and it's trading like 15 cents that's why i checked yesterday it could be more now and it also the same thing has happened to amc this is the movie theater chain not the uh, the cable channel so these reddit users have figured out the system and they figured out a, a gaping hole in the system that they can jump in and move the stock up higher and then they sell when these maybe when these stock shorters are trying to short the stock which hurts a company so here's what this guy wanted to have happen this short stopper hedge fund manager he he borrows the shares from all of these uh, uh people who own the shares that are sitting on them going god i'm gonna lose my ass with gamestop because stock's not going anywhere and you know all the news is bleak about GameStop, antiquated technology so this guy comes in borrows it for a dollar and he wants to drop it to ten dollars so he can short it and make nine dollars and what does that short do it destroys the company. Think about it. He wants their stock to drop from 20 to $10. So in other words, it puts a nail in the coffin of the company. And hedge fund managers have been doing this for years. The guy who, and I don't know if he currently does, but the guy who runs Sears, he was a hedge fund manager and made his fortune doing this and then bought Sears and has been driving Sears into the ground. If you, if you see Sears falling apart, which you do, if they go away completely, which they probably will, it's because of this hedge fund manager who thought he can come in and manage this iconic brand and turn it around because he was so brilliant in hedge fund management that he thought he can turn a brick and mortar around and he couldn't and it, and it destroyed. He is absolutely destroying an iconic brand. So maybe they're getting what they deserve. Just saying. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. It's fascinating. It really is a fascinating story. It doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon because their stock keeps going up. But now in, in comes CNN. Oh, gosh, CNN. Here's the headline. <clears throat> the headline from CNN. Uh, this is from Chris Saliza, who uh, is just – yeah, Chris Saliza is a partisan hack. I mean, uh, it, you know, I, I hated that I even clicked on this to give him a click, but I just, you know, I, I'll bring it to you. Don't click on it. This is the headline. How Trumpism explains the GameStop stock surge. I'm not reading his stupid article because his headline alone is stupid enough. Chris, I got some news for you. Donald J. Trump is no longer the sitting president of the United States of America. Get over it. Get a life. It's over. Stop. OK, how so now they're trying to tie in Trumpism to what this game has nothing to do with it. Trump supporters. Are you really think do you really think these these gamers are Trump supporters? Give me a break. No, no. Sorry. The um, 
leftists, the, the, the hedge fund managers got played. Now, most of them are, by the way, Democrats and vote for Democrats because the Democrats played to them. So anyway, just a fascinating story. So I'm putting all of these stories on my Telegram feed now. So if you want to uh, look at all the stories that I'm referring, please go to my Telegram feed. It is the PBL podcast. And I'll have these stories and so many more. So I'm housing and collecting stories on my Telegram feed so you can read all of these. One last story, and then we'll end the show for today. I mentioned Jan Psaki, uh, and I, I played that clip of her. Uh, answering that reporter who asked about this GameStop thing, who couldn't say the word subsidiary. And Jan Psaki in that clip mentioned how wonderful it is that we have a female in charge now of, uh, you know, whatever the department is that she was referring to, right? Oh, it's so great that there's a woman there now. It's great. It's a woman. Well, the Babylon Bee. Are you familiar with the Babylon Bee? Great site. Really got to go. They are the funniest site. Uh, they did a tweet. And Babylon B is, by the way, it's a uh, parody site. They, they parody. I mean, they, they just are funny. Here's their, here's their tweet. <laughs> and we'll end the show on this one. Here's a tweet. Biden, all female communications team won't tell nation what's wrong. <laughs> nation should already know. Boom. I'll let you guys chew on that one a while. Again, thanks for listening to the PBO podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. You can catch our media feeds or our social media feeds on our website, thepblpodcast.com. Most of our handles on the uh, social media is the at the PBL podcast. Do check out our YouTube channel. They're shadow banning me like crazy now. They have dropped me down to next to nothing. You can offset that by subscribing, subscribing, subscribing to the channel. But you can also catch our videos on Rumble at the PBL podcast. And again, uh, while it's still up, I am on Twitter having fun on Twitter and I post all of the stories I talk about on my Telegram feed. So please download. Download the app and check us out. Subscribe to our Telegram channel at the PBL Podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and uh, watch this GameStop story. It's a great story. It's a fun story. It's like David and Goliath all over again in the financial world. Just absolutely priceless. Again, thanks for listening.